You're listening to episode 41 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today I have an incredible, super passionate guest. Her name is Lauren Bradley of Field Physique. And Lauren is a personal trainer turned online health and nutrition coach, and she helps women end the war with food and their body so that they can actually live the life that they love in a body that they love as well. This girl is on fire in this episode. I absolutely love what she has to say. And we're covering a few different things here. We're covering everything from fat loss versus positive body image and how to sort of bridge the gap between the two. We are getting super clear on setting goals. And while some specifics about goals can be good, you can also take it too far as well. We're even getting into perfectionism and Lauren has a really fresh perspective on perfectionism that I really, really appreciate. And I think that you are going to absolutely love, love, love her perspective on that. So I'm not going to ruin that for you. Got to listen to, to hear what she has to say about that and to just take the pressure off the anxiety off to lose the weight start exercising and do whatever behavior you think you need to be doing to reach your goal. And that will get you to your goals a lot faster. So you're going to absolutely get a ton out of this. Um, just Lauren's absolute energy shines through throughout all of this. And I'm super, super pumped for you to hear this one. So for anything referenced in the show notes, make sure to jump over to a room to grow podcast.com for all the details over there. And you can also find Lauren over there as well. Hey, Lauren, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, I am pumped for this. I'm really, really excited. I'm always excited for every guest, but it's, it's totally real. Anyone who's listening, I like, you can hear the smile on my face. I'm always excited for these. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about you, kind of your, your story and how you got to where you are today. What piqued your interest in going down this road? Oh, okay. So I'm like, where do I start? Um, so I had been dieting since I was like 18 years old or so. Um, I started in college, you know, I was going on spring break with my friend to Miami and we were both like, all right, let's do South Beach diet. That was like huge back then. Um, and after that, I hopped around on SlimFast, Weight Watchers. I tried diet patches, like you name it, I tried it. And as a result, about four or five years ago, I found myself in a really deep hole of binge eating, purging, over-exercising, hating my body, and really just abusing myself by doing all of those things. Um, and at the time, I was a personal trainer working full-time, teaching health and fitness to my clients, yet doing the exact opposite thing myself. Uh, and then in December of, I think it was like 2014, I had this sort of like, come to Jesus moment where I was like, okay, enough is enough. No more binge eating, no more purging, no more over exercising. I got to this point where I was totally willing to give up all of that, like quote control that dieting is supposed to give us in order to just feel normal, you know? And what came of that was a 180 shift in how I thought, how I felt and how I looked. So I really started my business to help women who feel like they've been in constant battle with food in their body for years or some of them for decades and help them shift their mindset so that they can not only feel amazing in their body, but also look amazing too. Oh, so good. And, and I, was, I, I was actually telling you one of the, the things that really stood out to me um, right before we jumped on the call was that I was looking through some of your, your testimonials and I absolutely loved that you had so many women who were saying not just the physical transformation that they went through, but that way above and beyond that, that it was the, the mental transformation and the emotional and this, this huge mindset piece that played into it that they probably weren't even expecting to 
necessarily get from you, at least not to the degree that they were raving about it. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, in terms of like people will sign up for my programs because they're like, I want to lose 20 pounds. But there's also this like underlying theme of people who are like, I just want to feel normal around food. Like, I don't want to think about it 24 seven. I was just talking to somebody today who's like, I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about food. She's like, I don't want to do that anymore. You know? So there's always this underlying theme. It's like, they sort of know that the mindset has to play a part in it, but nobody wants to say like, I really need to work on my mindset because the thing is I want to lose 20 pounds. And so that's always my favorite part is when people realize that in order to get the physical results and, and keep them, the mindset has to be there 100%. Exactly. And it's so true that, I mean, rarely does someone come to me saying, hey, can you help me with my mindset? <laughs> yeah. I mean, people just don't know. I didn't know. Like when I was sitting in my car, like shoving my face with Pop-Tarts, I'm not like, this is a mindset issue. I'm like, no, this is a food issue. So we don't know. And that's why I think, you know, researching and looking into other people's stories, reading blogs, reading all that stuff was so helpful for me because I was like, Oh my God, like I'm not alone. This person has a very similar story to me. The answer wasn't another diet. The answer was dealing with stuff going on in their head, which was a concept that I had never considered before. A hundred percent. And and it's funny that you say that about like eating pop tarts and stuff. And like, I, I would always eat. I, I think I've talked about this before at one point or another that I would get donuts or chocolate or cupcakes or something at the grocery store. And then I would sit in my car and eat it. And mm -hmm. there would be like extra shame because I wanted to eat it before I went home, even though the people around me didn't care, but I cared that they would see me eating that stuff. But I actually even cared about what other people in the parking lot thought of me. So mm -hmm. I would like bend down to eat it so that like nobody could see it. Like yes. the thing of all time, just so much shame. shame. Yeah. yeah. Nobody wants to feel that way. That's not what, what food should be about. Right, right. Yeah. I remember at the time I was living with two of my like very, very best friends who would never judge a single thing I did, but I was like, they can't know because here I was this personal trainer. I was supposed to like have it all together. I'm supposed to look the part, right? But I can't stop eating pop tarts and candy and all of the other foods that were like my binge foods of choice. Um, and really, like, if they saw me eating those foods, they wouldn't think twice about it. But it was totally, like, a shameful thing to me. Like, I shouldn't be eating this. I shouldn't be doing this. And it was always something I did in private. Absolutely. And it does give this huge sense of disconnect and inauthenticity when we, we know that if we're in the health and wellness field, that it's really tough to be telling people one thing and be doing something else. Like, that just doesn't feel good. That just, it doesn't sit well. So I love that you came up with a unique perspective and a different way of, of doing these types of things that then you can teach people to do that instead. And it's so much more real life, right? And, and that's what I've kind of done as well, because I was totally that, that same, I was in that same type of situation that, that you were, we have like similar stories in that regard. And I just felt so much shame around food. And that's ultimately what I think a lot of people are, are struggling with. That's a huge issue for a lot of people, even if they don't necessarily pinpoint that that's the problem. A lot of people are just feeling too guilty about, you know, well, why can't I be better at this? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I even have people come to me now who will sign up for a program with me and I'll be like, just eat the freaking mac and cheese. And they're like, no, but really like, can I really eat it? Like I'm never ever going to tell a client you cannot eat mac and cheese. You cannot have wine. You can't, because when we do that, this, what we set ourselves up for, we set ourselves up for that binge eating behavior. I mean, for me, that's definitely where it stemmed from. I'm sitting there thinking anything that's not a lean protein or a vegetable is bad for me. So, and constantly telling myself no. So what were the foods that I was always craving? It was the foods that were quote unquote bad for me. Exactly. Yeah. I, I always say we're, we're basically all like rebel teenagers at heart. Like if you yeah. tell us not to do something, we're just going to want to do it 10 times more. <laughs> totally. Yeah. We're all like little toddlers running around in adult bodies. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's talk about goals a little bit. I mean, what do you want people to know the most about setting goals and how is that, how is that important and, and tie into stopping this cycle of, of, you know, binging on foods and then being super restrictive? Yeah. So I have kind of a different take on goals. I'm not a huge fan of 
goal setting. Um, I think it's important to have a goal for sure, because, you know, I've had clients sign on with me and then be like, I don't know what my goal is. I can't really think of anything. So it makes it really hard to get any kind of result because we don't know what we're working towards. But I think the most important thing about goal setting is not being attached to a super specific outcome, which I know goes against like smart goals. Um, but especially when it comes to fat loss, not being married to a certain number on the scale or a certain you know, clothes size by a certain time. So for me, it's really cool to say like, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds this year. But when we get into, I'm going to lose one pound per week for the next five months and lose this weight by March of next year, we really run into trouble because what I see people doing is if they don't hit that one pound per week, they feel like a failure. Even if they're doing everything right to get to that goal, they focus on the one thing that's not going well and they forget that their energy is up, their nutrition has improved, they're exercising consistently. So while yes, we need to know what our goals are, I think the process is actually much more important than the end goal. But you know, we can't have a process without a goal in mind. So the two kind of go hand in hand. Oh, so good. I, I really, I absolutely agree with that because I'm always kind of two minds with goals because yeah, it's, we can't, we can't necessarily be so general that it's like, okay, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to work out more. Right. Like <laughs> we have to do more than that. Mm-hmm. But I think that you're, you totally hit the nail on the head that getting super focused about timing, you're just going to completely forget all of the other wins that you're getting under your belt. And then you can't even tune into what's really going on in your body nearly as much because you're so focused on something like the number on the scale, especially since a lot of women come to you looking specifically for fat loss. Right. And I think like, just like you said, like to say, I want to eat healthier, like ask better questions of yourself. Like, well, what does that mean for me? What is like something I can change? Super easy, nothing extreme, which is a whole other topic because we want the quick fix. We want our results yesterday. So it's like, whatever's going to get me the results I want, that's what I want to do. But in terms of you know long-term results, what is something, one small thing that you can change today that's going to bring you closer to that eating healthy goal faster or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really good that you mentioned um, like starting something today too, because this is the thing is that so many of us put these things off and, and I've been guilty of this too. We'll, we'll have this, this big dream or something like that. And we put it off. Oh, maybe Monday. Oh, maybe next week. Oh, I screwed up today. I might as well wait another month. Like, oh, Thanksgiving's coming. Let's just wait for New Year's. (laughs) Continue, continue, continue. Right. Yeah, we need those small wins that we can start today that are super actionable and we can just get going on them immediately. And I think that that's really key because when when we can take that small step and even if we're not seeing a, a, a tangible result somewhere, we can just feel really good about the fact that, you know what, today I had an extra serving vegetables and I feel great. And then that's so much easier to continue rather than focusing on something that is so numbers based. Right. Yeah. I had a client, um, a couple months ago, we, we met up and she's like, all right, I need some like exercise goals. So I was like, okay, two walks a week for 20 minutes. And she looked at me like I had like 10 heads and she's like, wait, that's it. And I'm like, yeah, two walks per week, 20 minutes each. And she's like, that doesn't feel like enough. And so I said to her, and I've said this to clients countless times, prove that it's not enough, prove that that's too easy, nail it every single week for the next like three or four weeks. And then we'll talk about upping the goal. But like, why not give yourself those really quick wins? Why not make this easier on yourself? It does not have to be hard. It doesn't have to be going from not working out at all to working out seven days a week give yourself that. It's going to pay like so far down the road. It's going to be like, I started off walking two times a week and now I'm at the gym five days a week. That's amazing. You know, but I think that we're so hesitant to start small. We just want to go all in. We want to go extreme, but that just kind of gets us right back to where we start. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy you're bringing this up because it's, this is something that I still continue to struggle with, even though like I know better. And when it comes to things like nutrition and, and uh, like working out and stuff like that, I'm much better about it. But when it comes to things like, you know, getting something done in my business or something like that, I will try to go from zero to hero, end up wildly mm-hmm. disappointed and then not understand what just happened. <laughs> yeah. 
Same. I do that with journaling. Journaling is like a sticking point for me. And I'm like, all right, starting this week, I'm going to journal every day. And then come Wednesday, I haven't done it once. And I'm like, well, there goes that. And it's so silly because I'm like, just pick up the pencil and just write for three minutes. You know what I mean? But I do the same thing. So, you know. None of us are perfect. No, exactly. We all that's have what I always wanted to tell everyone too. Like there's totally, even with nutrition, sometimes there might be a day where I overindulge or something like that. But then I, I do start small and I'm like, okay, well, next meal, I'll just have some veggies. And then I just move on. Like, and yeah. that's a mindset that it takes sometimes years for people to cultivate. But I think so many of us reach a breaking point of, you know what? I just can't obsess over food anymore. I've had mm -hmm. so many clients say, I just want to eat it. I just want to eat the cookie. <laughs> like I just right. want to eat the cookie and not feel like shit afterwards. <laughs> or not eat 10 of them. Like I just want to eat the cookie and enjoy it and not go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this leads us into perfectionism too. I mean, perfectionism mm -hmm. comes up so much on this podcast and, and it's an issue that I feel like women in particular seem to really struggle with the most, especially when it comes to how we feel about our bodies. How, how is perfectionism serving us so to me when people come to me and say i'm a perfectionist my mind automatically goes to self-sabotage so it will be something like they eat pizza which isn't on their diet and they think if i can't stick to my diet i might as well go crazy and just eat everything um because they feel like they're not living up to that perfect standard that they've set for themselves. And I have a lot of clients who come to me telling me they're perfectionists. And I'm like, girlfriend, no, because number one, perfectionists do not exist. No one on this planet does anything perfectly ever. And if you were truly a perfectionist, you wouldn't be here talking to me because you wouldn't need help to stop overeating or obsessing about food or all that stuff because you would have mastered that on your own. And so to say that we are perfectionists is really setting ourselves up for disappointment because we're never going to be eat, think, talk, live, exercise perfectly. And that's okay because that's what it is to be human. And I think the faster we can understand that, the simpler and less stressful and less like urgent all of these things become. I just want to underline the fact that you just said perfectionists do not exist. I think that's so incredibly powerful because so many of us, again, I'm raising my hand over here, identify as being a perfection, mm -hmm. a perfectionist, but, and we all know that logically we know that perfection does not actually exist. But the, the fact that you're saying perfectionists do not exist. I actually love that because it's, I think that too many of us maybe grab onto that label and use it as an excuse way too often. We'll, we'll just kind of, you know, write it off to, Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm such a perfectionist. I can't help it. And then we take the ownership off of ourselves and put it onto that label and blame the label instead of just doing the thing and taking action ourselves. Right. And I think, and you know, raising my hand too, I mean, it's totally a reason to not get things done because I started my business three years ago now, and I had been thinking of starting my business or a blog for years years and years and years but i never did it because i was like my website doesn't look like that person's website or i don't have anything to talk about or you know i'm just saying the same thing as somebody else and i was so afraid to move forward because what i envisioned as being perfect i didn't have what i envisioned as being perfect and so i delayed the start of my business for like so many years and I see people doing that all the time. I was just talking to somebody a couple weeks ago who's like, he wants to start his own fitness business. And he's like, yeah, but you know, I'm such a perfectionist. Like I can't start until it's perfect. And in my mind, knowing what I know now, like on the one hand, I'm like, I totally get it. But on the other hand, I'm like, that is just such an excuse. Like you just have to do it. Nobody cares if it's perfect. In it's fact, I think bullshit, right? Yeah. Like we bullshit ourselves. Absolutely. And I think that people appreciate when things aren't perfect. Like there is our typos in everything I put out. <laughs> all, my, all, all of my PDFs have typos, run on sentences. I don't know anything about grammar. Like people who are like reading my stuff are probably like, oh my God, what is this girl doing? But like, I don't care because I have stuff to say and I want to say it. I don't care if my comments in the right place anymore. I don't care if my image is centered. That stuff just doesn't matter. 
what matters to me is just getting my message out there to people so I can start helping people. And so to let that, you know, perfectionism go was really, really hard. But at the same time, like now I just don't care. I'm just like, whatever, like things are going to happen. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to run my business. It's going to be amazing. Whereas if I was so worried about being perfect, I would never do anything. I'd never get anything done. Absolutely. Oh my God. I have the biggest smile on my face right now because it, this is a conversation that we need to be having more often is about stop hiding behind perfectionism. Stop using perfectionism as an excuse to let it run your life rather than you running your own life and doing what it is that you really want to do. When it, when it keeps us from taking action, I was the same as you. I wanted to, to start a business for years and I just kept hiding under a rock going, well, no one wants to hear what I have to say. And, and right. sometimes there are still days where I struggle with that. I'll be, I'll be recording. I told you before, again, before we uh, jumped on the recording, I was saying, I just recorded a podcast and I was like, Oh, is this good enough? I don't know. I'm like, Nope, it's going out because somebody probably needs to hear this and I need to hear it sometimes. And if I need to hear it, what the, the topic that I recorded, like, I'm sure someone else does too. And that's how we have to look at it. It doesn't have to be perfect. And typos like yeah anyone who's ever read my stuff and I I actually am all about the spelling but sometimes I just need to hit publish and I have I need to get it out and it just has to go so this is so relevant to so many women and we just we hold ourselves back so much and we hold ourselves to such a high degree that we could never compete with ourselves because it's not real (laughs) totally exist and yeah I just I love your passion on this because I think that it's really, really important and that it it can be a total game changer for people shifting their health and starting to take more action. Mm, Absolutely. I mean, especially in terms of, you know, I do a lot of fat loss with my clients and, you know, they're like, but if I don't eat exactly like you told me to, then I'm not doing it right. I'm like, no, you're not supposed to eat any certain way. It's whatever works for you. And if there's one day a week where you just need to eat the pizza, even though pizza is not the quote unquote perfect healthy food, which we can argue that because I think it's, you know, for me, pizza's healthy because it feeds my soul. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) About the carbs or the fat, it takes care of my soul. And so, but like just saying like, it doesn't matter. That stuff doesn't matter. If you eat pizza once a week, it doesn't mean you're not perfect. It's just what is. And I think like, and I've, I've recently come up with this idea of being casually fit because I think that we put so much pressure on ourselves to eat a certain way, look a certain way, exercise a certain way, and it's so tiring. And so the other day I sat down, I was watching Netflix, and I made myself a plate of crackers and cheese and salami. And I was like, God, like six years ago, Never in my life would I have been able to sit here and be okay with this. But now I'm just like, I don't care. Like my health is important 100%, but I'm not going to restrict myself or put this guilt on myself to the point where I can't sit down and enjoy some meat and cheese. You know what I mean? And so just to be able to like go with the flow and roll with the punches, because what it comes down to is how we think and how we feel about what we're doing. That's what's gonna get us the results. If I sat there eating that meat and cheese plate and felt guilty about it and felt awful and thought, oh, now I need to go to the gym for like two hours tomorrow and restrict carbs and all of that, you better believe I would be binge eating on potato chips the next day. But the fact that I can sit there and say like, this is dinner tonight, no big deal, and not think twice about it, I'm so much better off for just, easing up on myself and just being more casual about how I eat and really how I exercise and how I live my life in general. Uh, so such a great example, because I think it's really important too, that a, being healthy shouldn't be time consuming either. Like mm-hmm. we have other shit to do. So why are we wasting all of this time being so restrictive and focusing on, on all these things and using two hours of cardio is punishment for enjoying a, a you know, bowl of cheese. Like right. <laughs> it shouldn't have to be like that. Right. And I, I think that one of the things that I, I really like about your message too, is that, I mean, I rarely talk about fat loss, but most people do come to me with wanting to lose weight. Now there's also a difference between weight loss and, and fat loss, which we can go into, but I really want to dig into fat loss versus 
positive body image because mm-hmm. they seem like they're at two opposite ends of the spectrum. And how do you, how do you kind of deal with that and, and, and bridge the gap to make that, make that more palatable for women, that they're not quite so focused on the fat loss in that they, they aren't only focusing on that and then hating their bodies throughout the entire process. Yeah. So I get this question a lot about, you know, how can I love my body when I just feel so bad in it? And I really hate how it looks. I have people say that stuff to me a lot. And number one, it breaks my heart because I've been there and I know how it feels. But I always say the same thing. I always tell people, you don't have to love your body. You don't. You don't have to stand in the mirror every morning and say, I love my curves. I love my thighs. I love my cellulite, which I think there's kind of this pressure, not pressure, but, you know, there are some people in the industry who say to do things like that. And it goes back to authenticity. Like if that's not where you're at, that's not where you're at. So while I don't think you have to love your body, you do have to appreciate it. And I see this with people all the time. Like they lose 10 pounds and they're like, yeah, well, I've lost it before and I've gained it back. So it doesn't seem like a big achievement to me. And to me, I'm just like, oh my God, but you did that. Like your body did that. You need to appreciate it. You need to celebrate it because what we reward, we repeat. So like, give yourself that win. And it takes practice to accept or appreciate our bodies as is, especially when we feel like it's not where we want to be. Um, and for me, when I started, it didn't feel natural to me to be like, okay, I'm still like lunging and squatting to get into my jeans and having to lay down to close the button and zip up the fly. But I had a kick-ass workout today and I feel really good about it. And I'm proud of myself for that. Like that didn't come natural to me. Um, But the whole idea is as much as we might try to hate our body into a smaller size, like we stand in front of the mirror and criticize ourselves. My thighs are so big. I need to run. My arms are so big. I need to do push-ups. whatever it is. It really doesn't work that way. And we really have to start just appreciating and getting grateful for the body that we have right now, because we can't make a positive change any other way. Hmm. So good. Yeah, I completely agree. And and that's the thing is that we can't really just go from, oh my God, I hate everything about my body to just telling yourself that, that you love it because you're right. It isn't inauthentic and your brain knows the difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can verbally say something and yeah, there, there is some, some research to support that that might tip the scales a little bit. That's a bad metaphor for this. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I meant tip the scales towards like feeling a little bit better about your body. Um, but it can be really, it can be really difficult to even tell ourselves that when we just feel in our hearts that that, that isn't true. Even mm-hmm. though, you know, as, as coaches, we want you to feel that way and, and we want to feel that way about our own bodies too. Some days you're just not, not necessarily going to feel like that. And it is a practice too. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing about gratitude is that you don't write in a gratitude journal once and then you're set for life. Like it has to be a practice in order to reap the benefits from it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, there are two schools of thought on like positive affirmations, like standing in front of the mirror and saying, I love my stomach. I love my hips. I love my thighs. When you, when you don't like some people think like do it and then you'll start to believe it. But I'm more of the school of thought, and actually I learned this from Jay Tito, who was on your podcast, be it until you see it, Mm, which is like, make the choices and think the thoughts that people who feel good about their body think and make. So like, does somebody who has body confidence and and body positivity, are they standing in the mirror saying, I hate myself? No. But are they standing in the mirror and saying like, staring at themselves and saying, I love my thighs. I love my stomach. Probably not. They probably don't even think twice about it because their body just is what it is. Right. I mean, that's, that's what I think. Like I never really think twice about what my thighs look like, what my stomach looks like. I just kind of go on with my life. I focus on making healthy choices like 80% of the time I exercise three, maybe five days a week. And that's kind of it. It's not this like pressure it's not this huge focal point of my life because like I have other things going on and I think that that's where some people 
get lost in this body positivity thing. It's like, it's just another thing that I have to journal about. I have to think about, I have to like focus on when really like make the choices that you would think healthy people make have the thoughts that you think healthy people would have, or at least practice working towards that. And one day you're going to wake up and you're just going to be like, Oh my gosh, my whole life, my whole world looks different. Yes. Because it is such a practice. And I mean, even just, I, I love the, the be it until you see it. That's one of my favorite quotes from, from Dr. Jade too. And I think that it, it is, it's a matter of perspective. It's all, it's all perception mm-hmm. because when you know that you went for a couple walks today, maybe you went for a workout, you lifted up some heavy barbells, you can look down at your legs and not necessarily love the aesthetics of them, but you can look down at your legs and say like, damn, these things carried me around today. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, and that's yeah. the, the kind of appreciation that I think that we're talking about that can end up being a huge game changer and, and at least bring you to a more neutral place as opposed to a super negative place, which is a huge change in and of itself. Right. And I think I love that because I think people feel like they need to go from like, I hate my body to, oh my God, I absolutely love it. We can get to this place where we're like neutral about it. And we're just kind of like, it is what it is. And I know what to do to, you know, lean out a little bit. Do I actually want to go there? And this is something that personally for me, I think about sometimes, like, I'll be like, okay, like, you know, I don't know, summer's coming. Do I want to lean out a little bit? Cause I know what to do to get there. And you know, most times I'm like, nah, no, I like my wine. I want to have some chips. Like, I don't really care, you know, but I think there's something to be said for just getting to this neutral place with our bodies instead of being on one end of the spectrum or the other of just being able to say like, I'm happy with where I'm at. If I want to make some changes, I can. If not, like if I never lose another pound for the rest of my life, I'm good. Absolutely. Well, and, and that kind of leads into my next question, which is what are some of your favorite kinds of, of transparent informations when you work with women? I mean, I know we touched on the, on uh, like the, the mindset piece a little bit, but what other types of transformations do you love hearing the most from people? I mean, I think that's it. Like the mindset stuff, because I get text messages from clients who are like, you know, I bought a carton of ice cream two weeks ago and it's still in my freezer. Whereas before they couldn't have it in their house for more than two days without it being gone. Or, you know, they come to me wanting to lose like 20 pounds. And by the end of the program, they're like, yeah, you know, I lost weight, but I also have had chips in my cabinet for however long. You know, I didn't eat them all in one sitting. And I had this one client, her testimonial, I mean, they all bring me to tears because all I do is cry. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Right there with you. (laughs) I cry about my clients all the time. I have this one girl who would always make fun of me for it. But because I'm just, I know how hard it is because I've been there. And I'm just so proud of them for like doing the hard work to getting from this place of struggle to this place of just being like, I got this. So I had this one girl write something like, um, I've never, you know, met somebody in her field who prioritized mental health right alongside, right alongside physical health. And for her, that made all the difference because there is this pressure in our society to look a certain way. And for her to have the permission to say like, no, like I'm fine how I look now. I just want to feel better. I just want more energy. I just want to make healthier choices. I don't care if my body changes. That was like a huge shift for her because she's coming to this health professional expecting me to say, well, you know, if you want to feel good, you need to lose like 10 or 20 pounds. And she also said to me, she's like, never once do we talk about weight loss or fat loss or carbs or fat or anything like that we just talk about really what's going on in my life because that's what it's all about yes it's so interesting how that how that works because there have been so many times where talking with a client we we literally do we just talk about their life and then sometimes i'm almost like but wait should i've given them more but then they end up being super excited because sometimes it was just something that they needed to have someone more neutral to, to mm-hmm. talk through, not from like a therapist perspective or anything like that, just something that they're, that they're working through. And just to have that neutral person 
talk, talk them through it, then they're able to go into something like their, their health and stuff, or deciding not to overeat in a particular food that they typically would, they can go into that with a clear head and then they're going to see so much more success. So it's really cool to watch those transformations. I think that that's really, really neat. And then the mental health aspect, it plays such an important role that we don't give it enough credit for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A lot of my clients have anxiety, have depression. And at first I was like, okay, I just got a whole slew of clients who have like real depression issues. I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, how am I supposed to handle this? But I think it's for a reason because, and it's not to say that I am qualified to help people with depression or anything like that, but it all stems from this place of, you know, I think needing permission to just be how you are, be who you are, accept it, and then making small improvements as we go. It's not about like doing a complete 180, a huge transformation and changing your life. It's taking these teeny tiny manageable steps. Even if it's just like, like a big thing I teach my clients is you get up, you brush your teeth and you drink water, like 16 ounces of water. That's it. For them, that's huge. Like I don't get text messages from these women who say like, I drink water every morning this week. And like, if that's the only thing they've done, they feel like they've won because it's a hurdle for them to sometimes even get out of bed in the morning. You know what I mean? And so I feel like we see all of these transformation posts that are like, oh, like Betty lost 40 pounds in two months or whatever it is. And like, yeah, that's great. But what I love seeing in my people are these women who are just like, have not been able to get their shit together for the last like four decades of their life to say, I am so proud of myself because I got to the gym twice this week. I drank water every morning and I'm sleeping soundly for the first time in like 10 years. To me, that's what, that's what it's all about. It's making yeah. people feel successful, making people feel proud of themselves whatever that looks like for them. And those are the huge wins because you can't even put a price on that. That, that is, that's absolutely priceless. Like to be able to walk through life feeling that different from how you were living and feeling before that's, mm -hmm. that's such a huge, huge shift. It's incredible. I mean, what are other than, you know, like perfectionism and, and stuff like that, what are some of the other big things that's holding women back the most from reaching their goals? Uh, I think that it's the stories we tell ourselves mm. about, I've always been this way. So what makes me think that I'm going to change or be able to do anything differently? I think that's the biggest one. We play this stuff over and over in our heads of, I've tried to lose weight a hundred times and I haven't been able to do it. So what makes me think that I'm going to be able to do it now? And it's so easy, you know, like even for me, like I played into that when I was going through my stuff, you know, I always had this kind of theme in my life where I was just kind of like just above average, like in school in sports and all of that. And so when I started like my business or when I started trying to tackle like my, my food stuff, I was like, well, I'm probably never going to be really, really good at it. I'm probably really never going to get it together. And that held me back for so long. And so we can like replay these old stories in our heads that were either fed to us from somebody, you know, in our family, something we developed through, you know, society, whatever it is. But I think that that's the thing that holds people back the most. Like I've always been this way. So what makes me think I can do any different? And for me, you know, I, I, I think about that a lot, especially in my business. I'm like, all right, I've always kind of just flown right below the radar, but not this time. Like now I really want to reach for something better. I want to be one of the best. I want to be the best. And it's really motivating. It can go one of two ways. It can be either really motivating to be like, no, I'm actually just going to break right through that and do better. Or it can be like, well, this is safe. This is comfortable. This is where I'll stay. And I think that that's a decision a lot of women 
struggle with and maybe they don't even realize they're struggling with this kind of like this is how I am this is what it is kind of like the perfectionist like well I'm a perfectionist it is what it is it doesn't have to be we get to choose which I think for me in this whole like from getting over my binge eating to building my business and all of that that has been my biggest takeaway is that I get to choose whether I stay where I am or take myself to the next level. And that's a super powerful statement. I really want to underline that you just said, you know, we get to choose whether we stay here or we take ourselves to the next level because there's way too many of us that are aiming low because that, that's what, that's all that we think that we are capable of or that the other people in our life will allow us to reach or that, you know, if we can't do it perfectly, then I might as well just stay safe and comfortable. Like all of those things are a huge part of, of this mindset piece that most people never work through that we, we just stay stuck in that. And then we're depriving everyone around us of getting the best version of us. <laughs> right. And that's how yeah. I think about it sometimes too, is that if I'm having like a down day or, or something like that, I'm like, no, like get your ass off the couch and go do something because there's somebody out there who's depending on you, whether right. it's like an actual loved one or whether it's, you know, this imaginary uh, future client or something like that. I'm like, no, somebody is depending on me. And that means that I don't get to, to just play small and that I don't get to just retreat into my shell all the time. <laughs> because Absolutely. Yeah. And too, right. Yeah, totally. And that's not to say that it's not scary to like, go for stuff and try new things and like invest in a coach or whatever it is. It's really scary. But I think that's why it's so important to have a really strong reason behind why you're doing the thing that you're doing. So like for fat loss clients, like to just say, I want to lose 20 pounds. Well, why? And most times people will say, well, I want to look better. And the thing that I want people to do, I would love everybody to do this is take your goal Ask yourself why, answer the question, ask yourself why again, ask yourself why five times. Get to the bottom of why that goal is so important for you. So like for me, with my business, I have so many, but um, the days where I'm just like, I don't wanna record this video, I don't wanna go live on Facebook, I don't wanna write a blog post, like I just wanna go sit on my couch, watch Netflix, and eat my salami and cheese, <laughs> which <laughs> I do sometimes. But I have big drivers behind why I do what I do. And it's enough to kind of propel me into action. And, you know, I have a picture of my niece and my nephew sitting here on my desk. I have a picture of, you know, me and Dan, me and my best friend, me and my niece and nephew on the wall next to me. I have a big quote on my wall. I have this painting of an elephant because elephants, like, I'm going to save them all. That's like business goals. I'm going to save all the elephants. I love that. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, if I didn't have that, like if I was just in this and like, I just want to make money, like, yeah, money's great, but that's not going to get me off the couch. But thinking of being able to say to my niece and nephew, Hey guys, we're going to Disney world. Like, are you kidding me? Is that not going to get me off the couch? And so we need a huge, like emotional why behind these goals that we're setting for ourselves because it's so easy when we just say I want to lose 20 pounds and then our coworkers are like oh we're going out for happy hour you're like hell yeah today was stressful I'm going to skip yoga and go out for drinks but if we have that why behind why we're doing what we're doing we're a lot more likely to say oh, God, like, I need to be able to like Play with my kids I need to be there for them I need to be there to drop them off at school tomorrow whatever it is I'm not gonna go out for drinks I'm gonna go to my yoga class I'm gonna go home and spend time with my family whatever it looks like but I think that having that big why is so so important absolutely no and I, I really love that that piece because I, I do think that it's really important to dig through the whys because we can so often come up with something superficial off the bat mm -hmm. But then we dig deeper into it, we start getting to the real shit that's really coming up to the surface. And that is going to be much more motivating than I want to drop five pounds on the scale. 
Right. Yeah. And I know that you have a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to your podcast as well. So for those people, like for me starting my business, yeah, I wanted to make money. Like I looked at all of these people who were like living these amazing lifestyles and I'm like, oh my God, I want that. But like I said before, on those days where I just didn't want to do anything, that was not enough for me. And so I, I sat down, I did this exercise and it all came down to, you know, I don't have kids of my own yet. Um, my sister has two and they are like the loves of my life. And so for me, you know, yes, I'm doing it for me, but I'm doing it for them too, because I've always kind of been somebody who didn't really follow the standard path. Like I graduated college, but I didn't really, you know, follow through with the internship I was quote unquote, supposed to do. And I didn't study for the RD exam. I'm not a registered dietitian. I studied nutrition. Instead, I graduated from college and I was like, I'm going to be a personal trainer. <laughs> My parents were like, what? Like, what did we just pay for? Like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go be a personal trainer. I'm going to go teach a bunch of classes and, you know, you know, I'll figure it out as I go. No big deal. And I had people in my family who were just like, are you kidding me? Like, you just went to college. You're not even going to use it. And I'm like, whatever, it's fine. Um, and I know I had some people who didn't believe that I could actually do it. And so, you know, a big thing I think about a lot is, being able to say to my niece and nephew or my future kids, if I'm blessed to have them, to say like, you don't have to do what people expect of you. You can do, follow your heart, follow your passion, do what feels good for you, and it's gonna work out. Not to say I don't value education, I absolutely do, but I think a big why for me is to show them and show myself that like, no, I wasn't crazy. I'm following my passion. I'm doing what I love every day. It doesn't mean every day is easy. It doesn't mean sometimes I don't wish like, like my sister, she went to school for nursing. She's still a nurse. It's not to say that there were days where I was like, I just wish I could be like her and just know what I want and go do it instead of all this like flip floppy stuff. But I think just really getting clear with why you want to do the thing you want to do. You can't go wrong there. I love how much your passion comes through. Like throughout this entire episode, I can just hear so much passion in your voice and it makes me so happy because I, I think that your clients especially are huge benefactors of that. And you just have such an, a great, beautiful approach to all of this that I, I think everyone's going to get so, 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 so much out of this episode. So Lauren, tell us where, where people can find you. I want to make sure that everybody can, uh, can find where you are. And obviously it'll, it'll be referenced in the show notes too. Yeah, awesome. So I'm having a huge love affair with Instagram right now. So you can find me at, um, it's at fueled.physique. Um, I have a free Facebook group. It's called Wicked Fueled Fitness and Fat Loss. I'm in Boston. So Wicked is, you know, a play on that. Um, and then also on Facebook, my, my Facebook page is Fueled Physique with Lauren Bradley. But really, like, I would love it if you just went to my personal page and just friended me and we can just start a relationship there. That would be amazing. Exactly. I know that's always so much better because whenever people join my page and it just feels more awkward and I'm like, no, I actually want to be friends with everybody. So <laughs> yeah, like I like to message people who like friend me just to see like, Hey, like, where'd you come from? And i like to get to know my people. So if they like my Facebook page, that's great. But like, I can't really find you that way. And I want to get to know my people so that I can give you more of what you want. Oh, I love that. That's so refreshing because there, there's so many entrepreneurs out there who online entrepreneurs who would not bother with that. And I, I do think that it goes such a long way. So I'm going to finish with the last question I always ask everybody. So if you could offer people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Mm. Oh my God, just one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the tricky I would part. say, you know, that's the tricky part. Um, I would say take risks, make mistakes, learn from them, grow from them. We don't achieve much by playing it safe and staying comfortable. So whatever that thing is that you want to do, just go do it and you'll be better for it no matter how it turns out. Take oh, your risk. I'm like tearing up over here. <laughs> I, 
But the answers I get to these to this question is always just the best. And it's always like the most beautiful way to finish the podcast. Oh my God. I love, I love it. it. It's a great question. It's <laughs> oh, awesome. good. Yeah. If everyone took that advice, if we all took that advice, I think that we would all be so much better off. So Lauren, thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself and just your, your passion and I, all of your clients are so lucky to have you. And I'm just, I'm so appreciative that you took the time. Thank you, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh. So much good stuff in that episode with Lauren. And it's so funny. I sometimes take notes during podcast interviews, sometimes not as much. This one, I was taking a ton of notes just to write down some of the awesome quotes that Lauren had going because it, she was just pumping out amazing information through this entire episode. So I hope that you got as much out of this as I did. And if you want to find Lauren, find any of the information mentioned in this episode, make sure to jump over to a room to grow podcast.com. And don't forget to screenshot and share this episode. Let us know who's listening. You can tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff coach. You can also tag Lauren. We would absolutely love to connect with you and to thank you so much for listening. Seriously, I, I don't know if you know, I, I really do like stand in a room alone talking to myself for these podcasts. <laughs> so it means so much to me when I get to see all of your beautiful faces. Anyone who's listening, I would love to just say hi and to thank you. So make sure to do that and I will see you on Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.